What's happening, people? This is the Emergency Nine Golf Podcast here with the boys. I'm Mike. We got Jay McLean here back for another episode uh, to talk a little G. So, how are you boys doing out there? Everyone have a great weekend. McLean, how are you doing? Absolutely beautiful. You look beautiful. Yeah, it's been, uh, we had a great weekend here. It's now dipped into a massive cold front. Uh, we have slipped below 60 degrees and I don't know what to do with myself. Yeah. Well, we're so close with the foundry because we got ice covering all our greens. So go fuck yourself. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it does sound miserable. You're right. Um, what are you drinking? Uh, Corona light tonight. Taking it easy. Okay. So we, it's a school night. School, school night. That's right. We're recording this on a Tuesday again. That's right. Monday, Tuesday night podcast recording for us. Um, Jay Bird was a little under the weather yesterday. Jay, what are you drinking now? Now that you're yeah. <laughs> one day, one, one day, of one day of rest. And I am back on uh, some good stuff. I'm trying, uh, I had a bottle that I pulled out a smoke wagon, small batch from out of Las Vegas. Um, I've got two smoke wagons. I got an uncut, unfiltered, and I've got this uh, small batch. So I went with the small batch just to, you know, dabble in here and get get my feet wet. But uh, it's good. I haven't had it in a couple months, so nice. It's awesome. Love it. I'm on a, I'm on some Kentucky Owl, and it's very good. It's fantastic. It's almost gone since we had a very long pre-show chat. About all kinds of topics, some podcast related, some not. And um, we probably should have recorded that, uh, Mike. We were we were getting after it with uh, with with a bunker debate. Yeah, we had a pretty hefty bunker debate, which you know we can dive into later. A a handful of the members of the foundry have heard my spiel on on bunkers. Um, Yeah, if you guys would have just had that recorded, you could have just at the next annual meeting. Guys, we've got yeah. it solved. Listen to this. We'll vote at the end. Um, <laughs> you won't even need to vote. <laughs> won't even need to vote. <laughs> but yeah, no, the Kentucky Owl is fantastic. First time, just cracked it. Um, I was lucky enough to get two bottles of this for Christmas uh, from two listeners, avid listeners, uh, Paul Tarsovich and um, Tom Jenkins. So I'm not sure which bottle is which that I cracked, but gentlemen, thank you. Foundry members, That's awesome. I, I appreciate it, and it's, it's fantastic. So, I actually haven't had that yet because it's so expensive. I won't buy it. <laughs> and and I did not I only either, imagine so. how good it is. It's fantastic. I will. Uh, I will share you next time you're over, Jay. Well, cheers. I like it. Well, uh, you, well, you would think if you you know custom fit someone into some nice golf clubs, <laughs> something like that might roll your way, but. <laughs> Uh, that's to be determined, I suppose. I actually, I have a bottle of something for you from Mr. Jenkins in my office that I've had for about six months now. So is, is our right next to my irons. Yes. That I haven't bent back to your specs in six months. <laughs> um, but you know, we'll, uh, we'll get there at some point. It's probably empty at this point. It, no, no, bottle, it's, I haven't I've even, got, I've got the bottle. I, no liquid, but glass. No, it's not cracked. The seal is still on it. No, I'm kidding. I, I, I'm, and it's I'm, it's wonderful. Oh, it's uh, it's pretty low on my priority list at work. So, sorry, McLean. Not not stressed about it, brother. <laughs> all right. So, do you guys want to talk football at all? I really don't. I really don't want to hear you talk football. Okay, and, perfect. 
if you want to talk about the Patriots, we can, but I don't, we don't have to. I mean, no, he doesn't want to talk about the Patriots. He wants to talk about Tommy. Tommy Brady. I don't even know why I brought it up. I don't want to talk about any of it. Let's move on. This right, is a golf podcast. I mean, but yeah, I, know, but, I can I can certainly talk about it if you want. But well, I mean, last last year when we started this, it was in the middle of the playoffs, and we kind of dabbled in it a little bit. And I don't know why I brought it up. I re- immediately regret doing that. So we're I'll give you a quick. I'll give you a quick rundown. Nothing's or quick not. with you, Jay, when you talk. Or not. Or not. <laughs> no, we're moving on. Um, okay. Fuck the, right. fuck the Bills. Pats suck. And I hope Brady wins another one just to shove it down everyone's throat. <laughs> Didn't see that coming. Wow. Shocker. Uh, all right. I'll we did have some good better. golf over the weekend. Um, one of these days, someone's going to make a bogey on the PGA Tour because 23 under par gets into a playoff. Uh, Hideki Matsuyama comes from behind slightly. Well, he was two back to start the day. Beats Russell Henley, past champ. Uh, in a playoff at the Sony Open. Hideki, 63-63 on the weekend. is pretty good. And, oh, by the way, happy learn to putt. Yeah. Forget all of that. Are we not going to talk about the three-wood? No, of course we are. I mean, are, you, are we seriously not going right there to it? Let's no, get broad, right into the pudding. Broad, broad spectrum. He had but, an unbelievable putting event. Himself. So game first time the, he's especially been on the back nine. Led no the whole weekend. Matsuyama won strokes gained putting for the week, which I don't think he has ever Never. ever had in his career. I mean, most most season ending stats for him in strokes gained putting is like 150th or worse. In a couple of years, he's been over 200 in putting. Like, so we talk about Morikawa all the time with his poor putting. Matsuyama is almost the same player, an unbelievable ball striker as we like to say here yeah. on the Emerging Nine Golf Podcast. And the times that he Hat, can just hats, putt. That's coming soon, by the way. Hats coming soon. And we've been saying that for four months now. But it, it actually is. It's, it is. It actually coming, is. Coming soon. They're every, we get a little bit closer every day. They're on the boat. And so, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he that's putted his ass there. off this week. And now he's won two events in this wraparound season. He won the Zozo in Japan back in the fall wins this but no I, I you're right mclean the the highlight was he needs he hit two unbelievable shots one of them's getting overlooked and the first one that's getting overlooked is the t ball on the 72nd hole the driver the driver yeah that he hammered over that bunker cut the corner that's a tough driving hole that part driving hole i think on tour they said well it is brutal Based on how much you have to curve it from right to left, now that the ball doesn't curve like it used to, it's like you, you've got to really turn that thing over to really have a. Well, you've got to hit it a mile to carry those bunkers, and then the yeah. fairway slopes away towards the rough on the backside, and he hit the. I think it was the longest drive of the event, or at least the longest drive of the day, was there on regulation. Hits a six iron to the green, two putts, birdie to get into the playoff. No one's talking about that drive because then we get to the playoff. He then sees Russell Henley put it in the fairway bunker, so he pulls off the driver, hits three wood, and then maybe hit one of the top five three woods in PGA Tour history to what two and a half feet or so to win the tournament. To win the tournament. No, I mean it was. You are absolutely correct, Mike. The driver that he hit was 
an absolute statement of saying I'm 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 going to try to win this golf tournament. I'm trying to win, and that to me was so fantastic. I love watching a player go after it and get it. It's funny because it always now reminds me of a line from back from our Lonto Griffin episode where he talked about he was playing with Ryan Palmer and he said Palmer's aiming over the absolute ocean and trying to carve it back. But I guess that's what you do when you have 40 million in career earnings. Um, I think (laughs) Hideki, obviously, as we know, has that right. So uh, I think it was one of those opportunities where he is freed up financially. Hideki's not struggling. We know that. And he's freed up and he he was able to just absolutely say, I'm going to try to win this golf tournament and look at what happened. He got himself into a playoff and an incredible drive, but then that three with that he hit in the playoff, it's one of those things where, you know, you you watch it. It's like, I, we will talk about this shot for a long time. I'm so happy. I watched this live. I knew immediately when it happened that it was going to be a subject of conversation here. It's going to be something that we remember for a while. And it's going to be one of the absolute top highlights that you look back on when you look at Hideki's career, when we see him playing well in any tournament, especially in a major, when they go back and show Hideki highlights, the three, what is now his number one highlight. We're not done watching that golf shot. And it was very cool to have watched it in person under pressure. Um, Congrats to him. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, at this point, is his Hideki the most decorated Asian golfer of, of all time? I mean, he's I got the most he's is. got the most career PG or tied for the most career PJ Tour wins. Um, I'm pretty sure. I mean, it's he he's got to be the most the most famous. You're talking about Asian all time, Asian, all time. About, I mean, you're talking about men all and time. women. Oh no no no! I'm I'm saying I'm on on the in the in the, men, the men's side. Men's game. Yeah yeah yeah. No no. Obviously the the women's game is a whole nother. A yeah, whole there's nother some serious part. good Asians on the. But I'm, I'm saying in in the in in the men's game, <laughs> um, he's got to be the most decorated uh, Asian golfer. I mean, in turn, he's got eight eight or nine PGA Tour wins. Is that right? Yeah, I mean the other guy that that came to mind. Obviously, you got some of the old guys like. Um, Asai Aoki, the, the yeah, other yeah. Japanese right player. Uh, KJ Choi won a bunch. He didn't win a major. He can Shigeki Mariyama. Yeah, I'm not sure how much he won though. He was he was a competitor there for a little while. Guy would put it, I mean, into a thimble. <laughs> he, he was incredible. Um, but you know, especially in the last couple of years, and, and the thing that makes it even crazy, uh, that crazier is the Shingo Katayama. But that that Hideki is not even thirty years old yet. You know, that's that's nuts. Yeah, and he's um, obviously on a on a tear, right? I mean, the last, I mean, what is it? Last ten, nine, ten months, wins the Masters, wins the Zozo, now wins this. He is, um, yeah, he's adding to that bank account, McLean, pretty good. Well, I think he's the best quiet player on tour, and it's unfortunate. And I, this is not a knock on him by any stretch of the imagination. We know the language barrier exists. And, and from what I understand, he actually speaks English better than he lets on from an interview standpoint from the public's eye. He really uh, understands the English language. He doesn't, I don't, it, I think he understands it and he could speak it, but he, I think he's, he's very cautious when he speaks the language because he doesn't want Absolutely. it to be portrayed the wrong way, which I totally respect. He's like, yeah. look, I don't, I don't know it that well. You know, I'm not going to sit here and, and piece together a couple words and you guys make fun of me. 
for not for not saying it correctly. And I, I I like the guy. He's I'm I'm a fan. I like I'll I'll break out my damn yellow and rock it. The power color. Yeah, yeah man. I, I mean, love that. Nicholas will start with yellow. Does and, yellow is the know, power color? Power the color of strength in the in the Asian culture. I love well, it. And you're not going to accuse him of not being himself. Yeah. And that that I respect so much about him. I mean, I, I do wish that we could communicate better with him, but I so respect the reason why he hasn't. And that to me also shows a sign of strength of of also comfort and you know in his skin. I think the guy is very comfortable in who he is. He has um, embraced. I mean, in in his country, he is a absolute national hero. He is oh, their yeah. Tiger Woods. It, it's it's incredible. Um, how well he is supported over there. And he has a lot to protect from that. And not to say that he would get abandoned for a bad press conference or something like that. But at the same time, um, it, it's, I'm sure a massive, if not the majority of where his income comes from. So you have to understand that with that comes uh, a feeling where you need to be able to protect it at the same time. Yeah. He's made $38 million in his career. I think we were talking about this last week when I made my picks. He's one of those guys that consistently puts himself in contention, consistently is kind of under the radar in contention. And again, I think it, it, it just comes from that communication barrier. Yeah. You look at his, his best it, finishes in the majors too. So obviously he's won the Masters. T4 at the PGA, T2 at the US Open, T6 at the Open. British Open, like so, he competes in all of them. Yeah, you know, all of them. he he is just just to clarify, he is the most uh, the winningest Asian on the PGA Tour with eight eight PGA Tour wins, um, and twenty one wins globally. Uh, now that the global wins may may not be the, the the highest mark from an Asian, but for the PGA Tour, uh, eight eight pga tour wins is the most by any agent yeah i'm sure there's some guys that have just stayed out there and want to buy yeah, not, not have they, come over and played in the big stuff yeah and stayed maybe on the european tour and some other stuff but um it's you know if you look through all the continents and who are the the you know it's kind of a, a a cool piece here i was just pulling this up you know in africa gary player is the, the winningest african um hideki uh asian sevi ballesteros the winning winningest uh, player on the PGA Tour and and ninety wins globally. Sevi, the late Sevi Ballesteros uh, from Europe, and then obviously Tiger, um, most wins globally. Obviously behind, um, he, was he one behind uh, or tied with Sam Snead? Or is he's tied. He's tied. tied. With but hundred hundred wins globally, which is insane. Greg Greg Norman uh, from Australia, obviously with ninety. He had ninety wins. In the world, 90 wins, 20 PGA Tour wins, two majors, 20 PGA Tour wins, and 90 wins across the globe. That's that's crazy. He was a pretty good world traveler. Big yeah. Time. He would so always he go was back the to the first proponent of world golf. Yeah. Um, South America, who do you think it is? South American, America. what? The, the, the winning is the winningest player on the PGA Tour. And and, and and globally, uh, which <laughs> these, these Gary both, player, he's from South uh, Africa, South America, not not South Africa. America. Oh, I'm sorry, I thought you said South Africa. I apologize. No, South America. Ah, oh, God, Roberto Di Vicenzo. Roberto Di Vicenzo. He great won, pull, great player. 
I, if you haven't listeners, if you have not pulled up a, there's a YouTube video of Sam Sneed and, and Robert DeFisenzo hitting drivers. Uh, it, it just popped up this week on, on, uh, social media. Um, these two swings are almost identical and everyone has always talked about how incredible Sam Sneed's golf swing was, which it was incredible. Uh, but you pull up Roberto's swing and they're not that different. I mean, <laughs> I didn't realize he swung it that well, but back to the point, he won one major obviously could have had another. Yeah. Um, we all know that story. Um, but seven PGA tour wins, 200 wins globally. 200 golf tournaments. Now, I don't know the validity of these these tournaments as and as McLean would say, I can't validify how how these how big these tournaments are, but 200 wins whether he's lying about 50 of them or not. Like I, <laughs> Sounds like he won the Yucatan Masters. I mean, I don't care, but 200 wins is that's insane. Yeah, I mean to win two hundred golf tournaments, but anyway, you pull up his pull up his golf swing. I didn't realize it. I knew that he was a great player, but you know, sometimes all that stuff gets lost over the years, and and you just don't see as much footage back then. This guy, he was a it was a good damn golf swing, a good damn golf swing. Obviously, he lost at sixty eight Masters after signing the the wrong scorecard, which is everyone everyone knows that story. And if you don't, you should look it up. It's Bob, kind of heartbreaking. Bob Goldby? Uh, Goldby yeah. who won that in 68? Uh, yeah, who ended up winning? You know, it's funny. That's one of the few times everyone everyone always says, like, if you finish second, you're not remembered. This is one of the few times that the second-place finisher, you remember exactly one who only. One of the only, which is not who, in a great way. Who who won the Jean Vandeveld Open? Paul Laurie. There you go. There's another one. There's another one. But most people would not get that. Most people would remember yeah. Vandeveld and not Paul Lowry. Yeah. Yeah. Who went on to a quite a fine career after that, might I say. You know, that kind of catapulted him into a, a really nice career after that. It was Bob Paul Lowry or Vandeveld? Paul Lowry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, Vandeveld. No, we had Curtis. Curtis still alive. Curtis called that 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 open, and he was he made some poignant comments on Vandeveld, like he basically like what are you doing? Like why are you hitting those shots? Um, which is what people loved and hated about Curtis. He was very open and candid with his comments. You know, it was like I'm going to tell you like it is. Like what is this guy doing? This is stupid. He's, he's you know why is he doing this? And you know he was right. I mean, had he just just. He had, what do you have? It was a two shot or three shot lead. I think it was a three shot lead. There's a three shot lead because he, he made, made a triple, triple triple in the last hole. It's like he just won, hit, he one putted. He one putted for the triple to get into the playoff, Ugh. and then lost in the playoff. Oh. Anyway, somehow we went from Hideki to Divasenzo to that, now Vandeville. But it was, it was good. There was a good history lesson right there. It was a little history lesson there. Yeah. Maybe we should also have some tangent merch. Yeah. Yeah, we'll work on that. Get off on a tangent. Rabbit hole. Rabbit hole. That's it. That's even better. Rabbit hole golf. <laughs> that's great. Um, so any other takes from Hideki or the, the Sony? Um, I, I'm a fan. I like the guy. Yeah, I love, I, I love the guy. I Again, I just, I think I said it uh, off the bat. 23 under. And we're going to see a bunch of scoring again in low numbers this weekend. 
at the American Express. Um, I don't know. Can we get can we get a golf course with a little bit of teeth, please? Yeah, I know. This is not the week to start. <laughs> no, not at all. So no, it's it's good. I I love Hideki, and uh, he just has just his body language. He has this killer instinct about him. Um, it's the power color, dude. It's the power. Maybe color. it's the clothes. Yellow. It's, I love yellow. Isn't I thought I thought red was a power color. That's why Tiger. Oh, red red's like the killer color. Well, makes sense. I mean, I'm yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, you could consider it a power color as well. But I think yellow is this the the color of power and strength. Um, Why Norman always or not Norman? Where Nicholas always wore yellow? Uh, maybe the golden bear. Yeah, that's um, that's a good question. I don't know. We can we can give you a definitive answer here shortly. No, we're good. <laughs> um, it's kind of cool. Kevin Kisner comes in third. We're going to talk about him in a minute. Seamus Power, another good weekend. Yeah. Lucas Glover, um, Kucher up there. McLean did win our, uh, no, sorry, you won our. I won. I dominated. Sorry, you dominated. You did dominate. It's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah. Um, It hasn't happened very often, but uh, I did did have a good week, which I was pumped about. So I was just trying to get back back on the leaderboard here. There you go. Um, I haven't really competed in it here recently. We but. should keep a tally. It's now you won, McLean won. We we um, should keep a tally throughout the year. We need to do that. That that's we, worth it because we give these picks. We never follow up with the picks and who yeah. won. We need to we need to we'll do keep it. a tally, running tally going. Um, um I'm shut out so far in twenty twenty two. But and I have I, I have I a really a good, good shot of getting shut out again after this weekend. <laughs> I had a good lineup. I had Corey Connors who finished 11th, Gooch 27th, Henley obviously second, uh, Chucky Howell 36th, and Stuart Sink 36th. And then my one, my one missed cut, he missed by one shot. Joel Damon shot three under, missed a cut because the course is so damn easy. But um, <laughs> overall, his, I think I mentioned this before. His caddy Gino, I forget Gino's last name. I did this last time too. Um, He's a great follow on social media. He posted a, a video or a picture of right before the first round, Joel Damon was on the putting green and he goes to his caddy like, hey, can you go over to that stand over there and get me a hot dog? <laughs> and his caddy's just in line with all the patrons in line waiting to get Joel Damon a hot dog. That's And, he, and he's like, this is how you're going to go to the first TE in a hot dog? That's so how he rolls. And he didn't play too well on the front. So he got a, a diet Mountain Dew on the back. And Gino took another picture. Like, yeah, hot dog didn't work. We're on to Mountain Dew. Let's see how this works. <laughs> I mean, does he, like, he seems like the kind of guy that you would just, like, have a blast with. I don't know Joel at all. Never met him. But I'm like, I would I would eat a hot dog and have a beer with Joel Damon. Oh, seems absolutely. Like seems, like a, seems like a cool dude. Yeah, Buddy Mom um, plays a little bit of golf with him out in Scottsdale. And some of the small bits of footage that I've seen looks like those guys have a pretty good time out there. Yeah, he's, a, he's a member at like Mesa Country Club, which is not like that's where yeah, that's where my buddy plays out of. Yeah, it's not like what you would expect a PJ Tour player to be at, but I think he just loves having fun and goofing off, and um, why not, right? Uh, hey, Mikey, FYI, just so I could fill you guys in on the the color yellow in the Asian culture, uh, stands for 
uh, power, royalty, and prosperity. So, yes. he's, got, he's got two of the three. I'm not sure if he's technically royalty, but he's close as close as you can over there. You no, know, I don't know. He he's probably seems like royalty right now. I mean, and he's definitely got he's definitely got, got power and prosperity. He's got he's got them all working, so it, <laughs> it must be working for him. If I were him, I'd wear keep wearing yellow on Sunday. Yeah, keep I mean, keep it in three woods to two feet. Rabbit so, hole merch coming soon. <laughs> I, I didn't realize this. I was reading an article today. Russell Henley could have conceded that playoff. I've never seen it happen before, but you can concede a playoff. Yeah, you know because like he. Play. That's he a, misses the green, he, you know, he laid up, then he misses the green, and then he like bladed it over. And it was taking a while. We all knew, like, okay, this is over. Like, can we get and he had he finished, he made a six before Hideki even <laughs> tapped in his eagle putt. He could have conceded that. I yeah. think in in that moment, that's a tough thought. You're just kind of you're spiraling out of control. And I think you're just like, I just gotta finish out, I gotta get out of the way. Yeah, I, I think that's and no, nothing negative against Russell. Oh no, I'm not saying it's negative. That's but. a that's a that's a tough. I don't know that I would have thought that. It makes perfect sense now that you say that, and it's not. I'm not to say that I didn't know it. Not to say that I did, but it definitely is something that in that moment is tough to. I don't know. It's yeah, tough to yeah. quantify yeah. being able to articulate that thought. Yeah, that is tough. I probably it, it, just in the moment. It's just it's tough. Yeah. You're 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 spiraling. You're not necessarily thinking. Yeah, you know, in your clearest frame of mind. I mean, the dude shot 65 on Sunday, by the way, Russell Henley, and 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 lost in a playoff. Buddy, yes. the front nine, it looked like it was over. It looked like it was a formality headed into the back nine, and Hideki played fantastic, and Russell Russell's train kind of stopped moving. Yeah, it's cool. Hideki was able to catch him, but you know. Hey, it was, it's tough to win. Uh, there's only, you know, there's only a handful of guys that have won twice on that, in that event. And uh, it's tough to do, but yeah. So let's get to, uh, let's get to Mr. Kisner. So he played well this week and I, we all like him. We all love the guy. We've talked about him a few times over the last year on this podcast, but he did an interview on another podcast and they asked him about his Ryder cup snub. And I read the article in his comments, and I kind of cringed. I wasn't really thrilled with his comments. If you haven't heard him, he just kind of comes off as whiny, and he does the typical, I don't really care, but then, yeah. then why are you talking about it and bitching about it? You do care. Yeah. I hate well, when people he got asked about it, though. He did get asked about it, but he went he on and on. about it. And and it's something he's been tired of being asked about. And, and he's like, I don't know, man. They don't like me, I guess. I've had the same phone call about four Ryder Cups in a row from every captain. Man, you were on the team, and then you didn't play well in the playoffs. Okay, bud, end quote. Um, and we know, he's, we know he's a bulldog. We had debate whether we pick him or not. He didn't have a great year. He won at Wyndham to even give people the thought that you could pick him. Kevin Kisner, and he does have a good match play record, but he was a bad fit for the for golf that, course. for the golf course. And how are you going to bash Steve Stricker for not picking you when they fucking throttled the Europeans? It's one thing if they go out when they lose and you're like, well, they should have picked me. I would have been the difference. Like, dude, yeah. they hammered the Europeans. 
Yeah, yeah. I promise Patrick Reed was waiting for them to fucking lose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, Think on his that. wife would have been all over social media if they lost, and she would have been all over that. I don't know. I just I didn't love I didn't love the comments. And he did play like shit in the playoffs. He played absolutely awful. And we, we missed we, the cut in the Northern Trust, and then he came in dead last in the next event. It's like what we we talked about it too. I remember commenting, you know, after he won that event, we all sat here and we were like, look, if he has a good playoff run or at least the first couple events, like he, he's a, he's one of the front runners to get, get a captain's pick because he's so good at match play and he just didn't play well. You know, it's tough also though, with the course that they were playing to, yeah, to know, make him a viable choice. Unfortunately, I'm a huge Kevin Kisner fan. But, I, but I, again, had he, if, even though the course wasn't suited for him, had he been playing really well all the way up to, when when Stricker had to make the picks, it would have put Stricker in a really tough spot. I'm like, hey man, I know that this guy is probably not suited for this golf course, but in a match play format, he's playing the last four weeks, playing the best golf that he's played. How can I not put this guy, you know, on this team? And you know what? Honestly, if he had put if he had put Kevin Kisner on the team, Kisner pr- probably would have played well. They were they were still going to win. I mean, absolutely. Yeah. They would have won any, anyway, and it wouldn't have mattered because Kisner would have played well in match play. I mean, we all know it's like, but it, it, I think, I think Stricker at that point was like, "Look, this was my out," you know, because he knew that he wasn't fit for the golf course, um, even though he's a great match play player. And then for him to not be playing well the three weeks prior, he was like, "Okay, let me get a, a higher powered, high powered guy in here and Scotty Scheffler and." And which is what he did. And, but you're right, Mikey, I don't, I, I, that's, but that's right up Kisner's alley. Like he, you weren't picking kids over chef. I'm sorry. As much no. as a Kevin Kisner fan as I am, no one can argue that pick. Well, yeah. the other thing is too, is Kisner's the first one on the PGA tour to say he, he got, he says it all the time in interviews. I can't win on half the golf courses. I can't win any majors because they're all too long for me. I can't play here. I can't play there. He kind of says it as a joke to get some headlines and be funny and cool and be one of the boys. Okay, well, you're the one spouting off that half the golf courses don't fit you. Well, this was 7,500 yards. This course does not fit you. 77. Well, whatever it was, 77. You know, like, Kevin, you're the one that always says you can't compete on these golf courses that are that long. So, yeah. Now you're, you know, I don't know. I just, again, you're right, McLean. He was asked and he had to say something. Um, But it came off. He could he could have just said, "Yeah, I didn't play great in the playoffs. Other guys were playing better. They didn't pick me, but guess what? They they kicked the Europeans' ass, and, and that's that." Yeah, but Go that's USA. that's that's obviously not his. That's not his mo. I don't know. I re, I I think I've known Kisner for a long time, and this is this doesn't these comments don't surprise me at all because they're right on brand. This is yeah. this is who he is, and like that's the one thing you know. You t- we talk about Sergio, we talk about these guys who kind of give their opinion. You know whether you like the opinion or not, he's he's pretty consistent. He's going to tell you exactly what he's feeling, and sometimes it comes across the wrong way. Um, so you got to kind of you know appreciate that he, he says some of these comments like I don't know. I don't give a shit. It's too political for me. I really don't care. I really don't get caught up in that shit. 
I love Stricker to death, but he didn't pick me this year. Whatever. You know, I didn't play worth a shit in the playoffs. That Those were his comments. And you're like, okay, you know, that's, that sounds like Kisner, you know? All right. I get it's it. It's the but, same thing he would tell you if you were sitting at the bar next to him. No, yeah. I know. I know. Yeah. And I, and you got, and I respect that to a certain degree, the guys who he is. And again, I'm a big fan of just fucking doing you. And uh, he, he seems to always provide a good sound bite and stays true to himself. I respect yeah. that. Yeah. And, and, but yeah, could he have, could he have handled it a little better? Yeah. But with that, that would have been weird for him. It's like, you know, that's like, like you said, with, with Sergio, you guys don't like some of his comments, but he just, he's like, Hey, Hey, this is me. You know, I'm going to say what I say. It's going to sound whiny, but I whine, you know, so I'm just going to yeah. be who I am. And he likes to kind of just, you know, mouth off about stuff because no, normally it comes off funny. But in this situation, it came off a little disingenuous, but it's like, hey, this is this is who I am. So, you know, I, again, I always I always it reminds me. And again, this is uh, you talk about going down a rabbit hole. I'm going to go down a rabbit hole here. But like when Miles Garrett for the for the uh, the Cleveland Browns a couple years ago, he you know obviously pulled. The uh, the quarterback's helmet off for the Steelers. What's a backup quarterback's name? Uh, Mason Ru- Rudolph. Rudolph. And it looked terrible. I mean, there's no question. I'm, I'm going to be honest. It looked terrible. But given the circumstances, the guy on, in the in the heat of the battle, the guy apparently said some things that were not appropriate, pretty nasty, pretty vulgar, did some other things on the side that we couldn't see. And then we see – we see the retaliation, and uh, we we watch these guys play football. We like watching these guys bash their heads in, and we like watching them be aggressive. But then the second that they go a step over the line, oh, well, you're terrible, you're dirty, you're a terrible, terrible person, you're dirty, you're dirty, you're a dirty player. You have no place in this game for doing that. And it's like, well, you you liked watching him rip the guy's head off when you thought it was in the confines of the game. Um, and, but now all of a sudden, because everyone else says that's not legal and then, then he's a bad person. So uh, uh, back to the point, like, well, we, I think that's we, part of there's, there's a line though, right? There's a line. Yeah. And at some point you oh, got to have some self-restraint to not cross that line a little bit. I understand that, but you got to understand in, in, especially in that and in, in football, it's a in little football, bit, yeah. it's a little bit more intense. Like it's hard to tell these guys to turn off, but within, with golf, it's like, Everyone's always like, oh, just tell me, tell me how you really feel. Oh, why are you giving me these, you know, these, you know, these backhand really conservative answers? You know, really, you're not telling me who you are. So you get somebody like Kisner or Sergio that are like, okay, I'll tell you what, I, what I'm thinking. And then, you know, they, they say it and then they get criticized for it. It's like, you, you can't have it both ways. You know, it's like, you got to accept it. If you're going to ask the guy to tell you the truth, he's going to tell you the truth. And when he does, you're like, oh, you know what? That's that's kind of a shitty answer, but awesome. Good for you for just you know. No, I, I get that. Yeah, these guys are in a hard spot a lot of times. Um, yeah. for for exactly what you said, but I still don't have to like what you said. No, I agree. And as a fan, you have the right to say, oh, yeah, that was a dumb comment, you know. Yeah. And and I don't think I don't think Kisner's gonna care too much because at the end of the day, he's like, you know, he's made plenty of money doing his thing, and that's who he is, and um, he's not worried about it too no. much. <laughs> no, no. So yeah, one of those guys who can put it behind him. Just yeah, he will. Golf collective check. Move yeah, on. they pay a lot for twentieth. Yes, I, they do. I heard that somewhere. 
so one of some of the other news that came out, and we've we've talked about this briefly a couple of times because there's not many details, but we did get a few more. Is this Netflix documentary that they're making, following around PJ Tour stars, and if you haven't seen it, I, I have not seen the show, but they're basing it. It's the same producers as the Drive, Drive for Drive to Survive. Is that what it is? The F one documentary that Netflix did. Yeah, to survive. I think it's, it's going to be. I think it's going to be awesome. It, I think it, hopefully it's going to be awesome. It sounds like the PGA Tour has come out and said that they're not going to be involved and they're going to kind of let Netflix do what they want to do. They came out with a list of. I guess they've already been um, filming for a couple months now, kind of behind the, names, the scenes. The names but are awesome. Some of the names that they came out with that have agreed to do this are pretty awesome. You got, and this is in alphabetical order here. Uh, Abe Amser, Daniel Berger. The Spanish sensation. The Spanish sensation is going to be on it. They got him. Got him on it. Got him. Wow, this is insane. He speaks Spanish. (laughs) Does he does speak Spanish? Spanish. And drinks tequila. Um, Abe Amser. Marvel is that better? I don't know. Abe Amser, Daniel Berger, Cameron Champ, Joel Damon. So it'll be fun to watch Joel. Tony Finau, Matthew Fitzpatrick, Tommy Fleetwood, Ricky Fowler, Sergio Garcia, Harry Higgs, Max Homa, Victor Harvlin, Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka, Colin Morikawa, Kevin Na, Mito Pereira, Ian Poulter, Xander Shoffley, Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, Bubba Watson. Uh, Some if only big we'd names. had Ryan Palmer on there, you'd have had my trifecta. Oh, man, you would have been. Abe Answer, Mito Pereira, and Ryan Palmer. You would have been, been watching with your pants off. Jeez, oh, Pete. We didn't so, need Vaseline as a sponsor. <laughs> Can we get a KY sponsor? That's right. Uh, KY and Kleenex. So there's some really good names. Like, obviously, there's some did of I the top. We, did I hear we're getting a KY sponsor? <laughs> That's it. Wait, no, I, well, you, you'd left to go get a bourbon yeah, as I was listing out the names. And, and McLean said he was, if it was Ryan Palmer, because Mito Pereira's on it and Abe Answer. Oh, wow. I said he'd be watching with his, yeah. with his of, pants off. Two of the three foursomes that you would be really excited Jeez. about. So there's some, obviously, the big names in the game, right? You got JT and Spieth and Xander and Colin Morikawa, Kepka, DJ, Hovland. But then you also got some good personalities, too. Like we said, uh, Joel Damon, um, Max Homa, Harry Higgs, some other guys that aren't necessarily known for they're known for their golf, right? But they're also known for them, their personalities, their social media, that aspect. You got a Mito Pereira, right? A young guy trying to make it. We're going to kind of get that aspect. I believe they're also falling around. I, I can't, the number one, he's an Asian player. The number one amateur in the world is going to be um, on this as well. I, I apologize. I don't have his name in front of me at the moment. Um, but they, so, they, they do have a good, they got they have an eclectic group there yes. um, and a good mix of like, exactly like you said, you've got some young guys trying to make it. You've got some characters, you've got some studs and some, some top players in the world. Like people want to know a little bit about all these guys, like what makes these top players work? You know, these guys are funny. Let me listen to them. Like, let's, let's, let's see the day to day for this, this guy that we've never heard of that's trying to make a name for himself. Um, I think it's going to be entertaining and, Netflix obviously, you know, doesn't spit out, you know, shows and shows and shows like they do. And people watch it endlessly, binge watch it uh, if they didn't do something right. I just, you know, it's funny. I was, <laughs> I was sitting there. We were watching a show with my my kids last night 
and it was a show like it came on once a week. Like it's a normal, like we grew up with, like you watch it once a week and they were like, well, let's watch the next one. I'm like, what's well, not on yet. They're like, well, why not? I'm like, well, they, they air it once a week. It's like a series. And I'm like, well, on Netflix, we can just watch them back to back to back to back. And I'm like, that's not normal. Like no, it's, not normal. It's, a new, it's a new thing in the last four to five years before you had to watch one episode and you wait till yeah. the next week to watch the next episode. Every Tuesday at eight o'clock, it comes out. That's yeah. when you watch. Just crazy. But, um, but anyway, I think, I think the, I think the episode, uh, the series is going to be incredible. I think it's going to bring a lot of new viewers to the PGA tour. And again, we've always said it, um, you know, what makes the PGA tour or watching sports fun is the drama of the event, the prestige of the event, but also the, the background of the, the characters, like the, all of these players are characters in this movie or in this drama. Like the more we know about this character, the more in tune you are. So when you get a little bit more of a backstory on Joel Damon or Harry Higgs, and you're like, Oh man, this guy's hilarious. Like, Oh, I started following social media media that, that now you start to tune in on Saturday and Sunday and maybe even Thursday and Friday. Mm-hmm. You know, we always, we already do that because we're golf nerds, but people who don't necessarily tune into it, We'll start watching, which is just a bonus, I think, for golf in general. So the other cool thing is the other cool thing is all the majors are on board too. So obviously the PGA Tour, Netflix has a PGA Tour's blessing to film, but PGA of America, USGA, RNA, and even Augusta National said Netflix can be there and film. You know, I'm sure they're gonna put parameters on it, of course. Well, but, part of the well, the part of the media. Um, so are we. So I yeah. mean, there's no reason that we can't um, start a you know a, a podcast. Yeah, I think we should be able to walk around Augusta with with yeah, we can podcast videographers and yeah, broadcast live from underneath the oak tree. I mean, my iPhone 13 has cinematic mode, and oh, can, there we go. I can change focus real fast. Yeah. <laughs> done, done. I mean, I'm just saying. There are a couple big names that are not on the show. John Rom. Roy McIlroy, DeChambeau, and then Mickelson and Woods are not on the show. No one thought Woods was going to be on the show. Woods, you don't you don't need Woods on there. He's he's his own Netflix show. You don't need Phil Mickelson because then it would just be a big cheese ball thing. Yeah, um, I'm surprised Rory's not on there. In all honesty, I, Rory is kind of a weird enigma. Like I feel like Rory could have his own Netflix show. I hate to say, like I know he's not super. Um, he's not a super character. Like he's not a big personality, but he is a a very, he's a very articulate guy. Like you could, he could literally have his own uh, Netflix series for like a year and like they follow around and, and people would watch it because like I said, he's very articulate. He's very into what he does and he's a worldly character, not like tiger, but people around the world know who Rory McIlroy is. Um, so I could see why he would opt out of that and he could, they may, I wouldn't surprise me if Netflix did something separate with just him in the future. What about Sergio? Is he not on it? No, he's on it. Sergio's on it. Yes. Sergio. Ricky Fowler, Fleetwood. Now that's the Spanish sensation, McLean. We got two of them. <laughs> yeah. We've, we've changed. Abraham answers now the Mexican Marvel. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I love that name. That's, that's great. That's great. Oh, we well, could we could get a we could get a of gold. picture. We could get a comic picture of Abraham Answer 
with like it, like he's a comic book character, the Mexican Marvel. Yeah, yeah, like ripping his ripping his shirt off into his costume. Here we go. We got hats, t-shirts, guys. Get ready. It's coming. (laughs) Mexican Marvel. Not sure we'll be able to need approval from him to use his likeliness. Uh, We'll we'll check in. White man always trying to make a dollar. (laughs) 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 We yeah, this is 2022 now. We might not be allowed to uh, um, profit off of that sort of thing. We'll check in with him. Uh, I know Jay. I know. I know that's still some Palatine thinking right there. I appreciate it. <laughs> Deshambo is again probably maybe the biggest name not on here from an intrigue standpoint. From you know your casual golf fan. Did you see what he said? Did you? Oh, I saw, and okay. I found it absolutely fantastic. So it's too invasive. And I'm just sitting there going, oh, it's the only thing that you've ever found to be too much of something. I mean, the guy that takes everything to the nth degree is like, oh, that's a little bit too much. No, I think I think what it is. And so the the whole Bryson thing, he did a a press conference to talk about his um, appearance at the Saudi Invitational. I'm not sure why he was going to volunteer do a press conference about that with how much heat these guys are getting for going over there playing on that thing. But he had a, a wide ranging discussion on a whole bunch of things and yeah the netflix show was on there and you're right he said it was too invasive what i take that as he doesn't like the media he he said it in this press conference how the media misconstrues things and you know he stopped doing press conferences for most of the year last year he didn't like what they did with the whole brooks thing and this and that he wants to control his own narrative he's scared of having netflix follow him around and then how they're going to show him and in what light he wants editorial control over his stuff and he is very active on social media and puts out all kinds of videos and youtube series that's why bryson's not doing it he's petrified of what someone would do with his footage that may not show him in the best light well the only reason they wouldn't show him in the best light is because he set the stage for them to do so so which he's done numerous times exactly so the media is only gonna they're only gonna portray what they think is going to create a story Story and if you give them firepower, then they're going to do it. So the reason he's he's backing off of this is because he knows he's controversial with certain topics and certain comments, and he doesn't want to be a part of it because he knows they're going to exploit it. And there's obviously he doesn't want to do it because there's something to hide. I mean, Tiger hate to say it, he was so he was so private for so long because he knew that there was something, something to hide. So there's something going on that he does. He knows is weird or strange, or he's doing something that's different and he doesn't want anybody to see it. You know, I don't know if that's his training. I don't know if that's his, the way he works on things. That's if he doesn't want to give any type of uh, information to other players and how he gets better, whatever it is, or just his general douchebaggery. Yeah, you could call it that, but he's there's something that he doesn't want to share with people, and that's why he's, you know, not doing that. Well, that was like that goes back to I think it was last summer was it the Rocket Mortgage, where he had that hissy fit in the bunker, and there was a camera there. Well, because he's on the PGA Tour, which is a televised event with a lot of journalists that have yeah. online print media, they're members covering the it as media. members of the media. <laughs> and he goes off on this guy with the camera because they're filming him having a hissy fit in a bunker. And then it's like after the round, he's like, well, you know, we have brands to protect. Well, then don't have a hissy fit in front of a bunch of cameras in the public. Like, 
Yeah. It's not on the camera guy. That's on you, pal. And I think that's what he's worried about. Like, because he he can't quite. It's not up to that guy to protect your brand. It's up to you to protect your brand. 100%. Yeah. They're they're just there. Now, with any with any large business, you know, or any large area of the business, there's good, there's good reporters, there's good media people, and then there's some not so good ones. Yeah. They're out to kind of get you and understand that. But um, the more firepower you give them, the the more that they're all going to jump on that that side. So, you know, work with them, I think, re- create a relationship with the media. And and then they they're going to be more willing to portray you the way that you want. Or it, I, I hate to say that you're trying to manipulate them and it's not that's not the case, but if you work with them and say, Hey, look, I'm happy to sit down with you. Can you, can you help me out here? Like, I don't want to portray it this way. You know, this is the, what I'm thinking is what I'm feeling. You know, I'd like to be candid with you. If you, if I know that I, you trust, I trust that you're not going to misconstrue my words or try to take my quotes out of context. And, you know, if you build a relationship with, with a certain group of media, then you know that you have the trust and you know who you can go to like a Tom Rinaldi, doing tiger's interview right after the sex scandal. He's like, I know, I knew that I could go to him. It was a Kelly Tillman and Tom Rinaldi were the two people that talked to him first. He's like, I knew that I could go to these people and we could have that conversation. I knew that they were going to push me a little bit, but not too much. And that's why he went to him. Um, and it's the same way with, with Bryson. He needs to get to us a, a few people in, in the golf world, some high, profile, um, you know, people that represent the media and, and the golf world and, and say, look, I, I want to give these interviews, but I, I'm, I'm just, I feel like I've been burned in the past and I want to, I want to make sure that I don't get burned. Can you work with me? And if he does that, then I think he'll, they'll work with him and create a little bit better spin on who he is. I don't think he's a bad guy at all. I think he's a little misunderstood. Like I've always said, I think he's a little eccentric and I don't think he's, I, socially, I don't think he's, I think he's a little inept and that I don't, that's going to make it. I don't say he's inept, meaning like he, he's not competent. I just think like he's awkward. He's socially awkward. So he just doesn't know how to do it yet. And I think he needs to align himself with some good people in the media that are going to work with him, ask him the right questions and give him a chance to be himself. Um, and, and I think he can kind of change his image right now. His image seems pretty fake and, like he's hiding something, which is yeah. not a good image to have. That was his second press conference since the Open Championship in July that he's done. And one of them was the Friday Cup press conference, which doesn't count because they were all drunk. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. There's so many good memes of these guys sitting at the at the Ryder Cup. Have you seen all these? Oh, yeah. They're hilarious. Uh, I don't even want to say what they are, but you can pull them up. They're pretty funny. Did you Harris, guys? Harris, Harris English is... <laughs> The pictures of Harris English at the like the opening ceremonies with this thing are just insane. Like <laughs> he just looks like he is just. And they obviously caught him at the right moment. Like it was like yeah. or the wrong hot. moment. Yeah, at the wrong <laughs> moment, and he just looks like he is just miserably hungover from the night before. <laughs> it's just it's funny to see. I mean, we've all been there. I'm like, but we don't have cameras taking pictures. Yeah. Second. Did you guys take anything else out of his quotes? I mean, he talked about, um, you know, lowering his expectations. I think he kind of felt like a fool at Augusta last November when they had the fall 
Masters when he talked about it was a par 67 for him. And then he went out there and, you know, shit the bed and, and played awful. And, you know, he talked about his, his low point with all the media stuff and almost quit golf this year. And, you know, dealing with COVID and Kepka and I don't know. Did you take anything else from his, you know, he's talked about, he went into the rule book, the greens book ruling um, that he didn't like it. And he was like, yeah, I got to figure out a new way to make more putts without the system that I built, the intellectual property that I have. And, he, you know, he talked about this whole thing, this whole process because of these green books that he worked on for 13 years. And, you know. Well, hey, pal, your own players voted to get rid of it. So, you know, I don't know. I, I was just curious. It's just when Bryson talks, people listen in, in of me of because of, I don't like the guy. I, I nitpick. Um, I think I think sometimes he I, I think, like I said, again, I think he struggles with like. I think he struggles with who he is and like he, he I don't want to say he overvalues himself because that's I, I don't think he is that that at that point yet, but I think he, he's trying to solidify himself as a, as a, as a golfer and a personality. And he relies on his, his intellect and he, he really tries to make it seem like he created some of these, these things like, you know, again, like you talk about the green books, like that, those have been around, those green books have been around for a long time. Like not everybody yeah. used them but they've been around for a long time. Like he didn't create these or he didn't create the idea of the green books or how to use them or how to use them. I mean, they've been around for a longer than he's been playing professional golf. Um, so I, I, I think it, for me, it, it seems like he's searching for an identity in the golf world. I mean, like if you look at whether it's green rating, whether it's uh, the single clubs or single link clubs, whether it's, ball speed like he, he's constantly searching for something to separate himself from everyone else um and he, he's it's an endless search like he's never it's it, it, you're never going to reach it you know like it, we, everyone's already done something i mean he's trying to be an innovator like and i get that it's 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 definitely cool and i, I respect him for it but he, it's it's a constant search and he's it's like i think i think that his his idea of, of what success is in golf, is going to fall on deaf ears in a sense where he's just constantly looking, constantly looking, just play good golf. You, you, he's a talented guy. Like if he never had single link clubs, if he never messed with, you know, green reading books, if he never messed with like trying to reach 220 mile an hour ball speeds, if he just did all of those things really well, I think he probably would be further along. I hate to say that, but like, I think, I think he's a super talented guy. And I think if he just played golf and just got really efficient at being great at what he, what he does, I think he, I think he probably would have won a couple majors already. Cause he's, I think he's super talented, but I think he just, he's pushing the envelope, but that's just, that's his mind. I mean, that's, that's, that's his thing. And it's partly, that's his thing. Partly what makes what he's doing admirable of, of how yeah. hard he's working and what he's you know trying to go after, but does some of that get in the way? And the uh, way. like you said, of just go and play golf. Let's go get the yeah. golf ball in the hole. You yeah. know, yeah. It doesn't like, have to be a, a science experiment every time. It doesn't. You know, like like he like uh, I guess last a couple of weeks ago you know, he was he quoted something on on uh, social media about getting the a certain ball speed like in a tournament. Like uh, what? Who cares? 
Like, yeah. What'd like, you shoot? What'd you sh- like? Who cares if, you know, keep, you know, he was like, keep, I keep following us. We're going to get to 220 ball speed. I'm like, what does that, that doesn't matter. Like the goal of playing on the PGA tour is to get the ball in the hole as quickly as possible. You know, having fast ball speed is just one attribute, you know? So I think sometimes he loses focus of the the main goal, I guess is in a roundabout way, what I was trying to say. Um, but again, I'm a fan and I'm a fan of his, because he is, he's always pushing. He's an innovator in a sense that he's always wants to, he always wants to get better. Now, does, does he get bogged down on some of the smaller details? Yes. hundred percent. And this, these are some of the comments that we've talked about, but he's always pushing, which it's hard to, it's hard to, um, it's hard to complain when a guy is always, always trying to push and get better and, and um, better himself. So I respect it. McLean, you got any Bryson thoughts? Awesome. He sh- for the listeners, he's shaking his head no. <laughs> I think we I think we've covered it. Okay. Everyone knows my feelings on uh where I stand on DeShambo. Um you know, let's let's move forward. All right. So let's get let's get to our picks. We got the American Express this weekend. Um at PGA West, it's a pro-am, not as famous of a pro-am as um, Pebble Beach, the AT&T, but everyone's going to go wicked low, as they would say in Boston. And um, McLean won the first week. Jay won the second week. And I'm either going to win or lose. And we have opened this contest up, this DraftKings contest, it's a private contest, so you have to get the link from one of the three of us. I will try to put it out on social media tomorrow as well. Um, but we've got 20 spots available, uh, and we've got six already in the field. 20 spots are up for grabs. Any listeners are free to join us on this week, and we're going to try to do this a lot more um, to get guys involved, and if we start getting some merchandise to give something out to our to our winners and listeners and we will you know, get the merchandise. We will get the merchandise. It's gonna happen, guys. I know we've been talking about it a while, but we're gonna get it. It's gonna be good. So um yeah, we're gonna start doing that and get some people involved. Jay Lindell, you're welcome. And um who wants to go first? I'm ready. Okay. I got uh someone who I consider to possibly be one of if not actually we know he is one of but uh, a good contender for hottest player and best player on the planet right now, Mr. Patrick Cantlay. Uh, I know we hadn't seen him in a while, but the guy has just been absolutely on fire when we've seen him tee it up. Uh, I look for him to contend, especially out there on the West Coast in a um, format or a, a an area that he's very comfortable in. Um, moving down from there, I have uh, the controversial figure himself, Mr. Patrick Reed. Um, again, a guy who I think is going to play well, he, he's say what you will about him. He contends a lot, especially on a course like this. I expect him to play really well. Um, the cut maker, Charles Howell, the third guy who's just going to head out, collect a check from his little quick ATM and, uh, most likely finish somewhere between 35th and 15th. <laughs> uh, but, but looking for him to obviously make the cut. 
moving down from there, guy who played well last week, big week out in Sony, uh, finished up with a 63 on Sunday, Mr. Michael Thompson. Uh, shot 63, 67, 69, 63. Hey, um, hoping that he seen, can take Sorry, sorry. I'm, I'm totally just jutting in here, but have you, you seen Michael? Go ahead. I, have you seen uh, Have you seen Michael Thompson's beard right now? It's incredible. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. No. It's incredible. fantastic. Sorry, yeah, it's keep going. Fantastic. I just, I just, no, big fan. Check it out. Big fan, big fan, absolutely, Jay. And you know he's quietly made some cuts and and had a nice little uh, wraparound season. So hopefully, hoping he can uh, capitalize on some success he found last week. Um, moving down from there, Mr. K. H. Lee, another guy who's made a lot of cuts, five or six so far in the wraparound. Finished forty eighth last week. Didn't do anything spectacular. Sixty nine, sixty six, sixty nine, sixty eight. But another guy who just kind of consistently finds himself um, playing on the weekend and cashing a check. And as we know in this format, those guys are expensive. Um, from there, pulling up the back of the pack, the Southern California special himself, Mike Maroney's favorite player, number one in your playbooks, number one oh, in your heart. God, Mr. Phil Mickelson <laughs> <laughs> at seventy four hundred, bringing up the back. But in all fairness, when you look down, you're like, all right, seventy four hundred left. In all spend. fairness, he sucks. He's played there a bunch. It's a short golf course. The guy's going to, it's like he's playing another senior event. He's going to play well. He's going to make the cut. He's going to finish top 20 um, and be a good $7,400 pick. So, you know, take that. I don't know. Take that. It's a non emotional bet right there, Mike. It's a non emotional bet. Okay. All right. Whatever. Tell you. Just threw it in my mouth a little bit. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> Jay, you want me to go or do you want to go? Uh, I can I can roll through. Okay. Um, I'm actually I did a lot of this is the first time I've done a lot of research on in a while because I had some time. I sat up and watched football last night and uh, wasn't much of a game, so I had a chance to kind of look at uh, look at the picks. So this could be I could <laughs> this could be awful, but anyway, um, my I'm gonna start from the bottom and work my way up. Um, uh, Henrik Norlander at 6,900 bucks. He's made seven of eight cuts here, but he also has, um, played decently, um, in this event in the past, um, 12th last year, 68th, 50th. So, you know, nothing crazy, but for, for the price range, you know, if we can get in and make a cut and, and, you know, get some points, I think, I think it'd be worth it at 6,900 bucks. So, um, he's kind of in, in, in the list there. Um, I've also got Brendan Steele, who believe it or not, has had some, some, some success here. Uh, he's coming off a miscut at the Sony, but you know, at the wraparound finished 51st, 69th, and then second at the Zozo. Um, but he's, he's only missed one cut here in the last 10 years. Um, you know, a couple of top 10 finishes. So again, he's a kind of a low price guy, um, at, uh, at 7,200 bucks that I think, I think could, you know, do some damage. Like I said, if I can sneak a top 25 out of him and, uh, you know, a made cut out of Norlander, I mean, like we've, we've said before here, if you can get six guys that can make the cut here, they're going to get some points here. Um, and moving on up, I've got Brian Harmon who is, uh, is coming off of, uh, a pretty good run here. Nothing, nothing spectacular, but three made cuts in a row. And he's played well here. Eighth last year, 21st. He did have a miscut 2019, uh, but finished 20th 
uh, third place in 2017 and 11th in 2016. So obviously has some success here. And then um, I move up to my boy, Adam Hadwin, who I think is my sleeper. Um, Adam has had uh, a pretty nice, a pretty nice run here. He has finished in this event 32nd last year, his, his own, his second worst finish before that second, third, second, sixth in the last five years. So there's something about, um, the setup here, the greens, the conditions, Adam Hadwin at 7,900 bucks. He's never missed the cut there. So he'll probably miss the cut this year <laughs> because I just said that, but the track record is, is pretty incredible. Um, so I, I think he's going to have a, have a good run. And then I'm going to go with the Mexican Marvel, Abram answer. There you go. Um, I, I think he's a, he's a, he's a fucking superhero. And whether you think this is uh, a, the Palatan slang to get a t-shirt, I think he needs to have a t-shirt, whether we do it or he does it. <laughs> I need to send him a message. He needs to be the Mexican Marvel. I think that's just freaking genius. Um, but he's obviously he's obviously played well. He missed a cut last week, but prior to that, 35th, 7th, 14th, 9th, 9th, 64th, 1st. Those are the last like seven or eight events. And then if you go back in his last four events in the American Express, 5th, 2nd, 18th, and then his first his first run there, he finished 76th. Um, but he seems to like this setup and like this course. Um, and then last I will follow up with a, a duplicate a duplicate pick here. Patrick Cantlay. I, I don't, I, you know, I don't need to go into too much there. McLean, you already said it. He's, he's played well in the previous events. He's played well here at the American Express, um, second and ninth in the last two finishes. So um, there it is. I'm pretty, pretty happy with my picks. So that's usually not a good thing. Because in the past, when I, when I'm pretty happy with the picks, that usually means I'm going to play bad. So anyway, all right, I uh, I'm a little pissed at you. You'll figure that out yeah. in a second here. But <laughs> we got a lot of duplicates now. Just two, and one of them I'm pissed about. Um, I'm either going to come in first or last, and I I've never felt more confident in that before. Most likely, it's going to be last. I went way outside the box here, way different than how I normally pick a team. And one of them is really a novelty pick. I'm just going to be honest because I want to talk about the guy because I I want to see this guy hit a golf ball this weekend. I'm going to start at the top, but I'm going to start at the bottom. I picked these two guys. You may have heard them before. One is John Rahm. The second one is Patrick Cantlay. You picked them both? Gosh, the two highest priced guys. I picked Rahm and Cantlay both this 11, week. 11-3 and 10-9. Yep. The, who in the hell do you have to fill up the other four <laughs> spots? Jesus. I think I'm in that lineup. So then I go down to. Can I qualify? Sure. I then go down to who I thought was going to be a massive sleeper. Adam had one. For what you said, just a horse for the course. Horse for the course, man. He loves right. it. He loves it. Okay. So. He's my third guy at 7,900, Adam Hadwin. Wow. Uh, you've got three really good players right now. I'm really interested to see who these other three guys are. <laughs> so then I go down to 7,000. Adam Svensson, Canadian oh. guy, 
graduate from the Corn Ferry Tour, just played well this past week, finished seventh. Um, had Tim Tucker on the bag, by the way. He's had Ted Scott and Tim Tucker on his bag recently. Gosh. Formerly of, of from Bubba Watson and Bryson DeChambeau. If you Adam's, have, Adam's if you have big names, big names uh, like that carrying your bag, they you, know you, something. I played with Adam Svensson. I know here we don't have the dinger anymore, but I played with Adam Svensson in his first professional tournament. And he's a Canadian guy. And I the first professional tournament and he won. Let's let I'm gonna I would have make sure I <laughs> I put that in there. It was a Hooters tour event. He he just got out of school and he was like, I'm just playing in this because I'm just I need to play in something. And I was Super impressed with how good this guy was. This was six, seven, eight years ago. And he just, he was a freaking ball striker. I mean, he just pured it. And you knew, I mean, his 22-year-old kid, and you're like, he had no clue what he was doing in terms of, like, what it all meant. But he pured it. And I was like, this guy's going to do things. And he he won he won uh, Q School one year and then went on to, play on you know the corn ferry at that time web.com and here he is on the pj tour but yeah i'm telling you if you, but, if you have guys like tim tucker or ted scott willing to grab your bag you're they know something about you they know that you're a stick yeah. and you're gonna be a stud that's no surprise this kid this kid's a real deal if you ever figured it all out and maybe it's just having the right caddy but anyway go right. ahead so um then i'm gonna go to another corn ferry graduate uh dylan Wu. Played well this past week, finished 20th. Since he's joined the PGA Tour in the fall, he's made the cut in four of his five events. So I'm going Dylan Wu, 6,900. And then I went all the way to the bottom, $6,000. A guy no one's ever heard of. He didn't even make it through stage two of the Corn Ferry Tour. Doesn't have European tour status. He's from South Africa. James Hart Dupreez. Folks, he is six feet, 10 inches. His club head speed is 140 miles an hour. He averages it. He averaged 373 driving distance on the Sunshine Tour. Now, granted, that's probably with some altitude and that kind of stuff. He fucking hammers the ball. Uh, he makes He's going to make Bryson look small if this guy can ever figure it out. I have no idea. He's probably going to miss the cut. He's never played in a PGA Tour event in his life. This is his first PGA Tour event? First PGA Tour event, I believe. And he was the lowest-priced guy? He was tied for the lowest-priced guy with a, a, a couple <laughs> others. I mean, and then he could shoot 65-65 or he could shoot 80-80. Yep, exactly. Never know. Never know. Hey, worth but I'm going gonna, gonna to root my ass off for this guy. But he, he could make seven birdies and still get you some points, which, right. again, is what this thing's and, all about. And a place with, with reachable par fives and uh, a lot of birdies, you hit it that far, you're going to make some birdies. Absolutely. So he was actually my first pick. I was reading an article about him this morning, and I'm like, yep, oh, my first pick. I don't even care how low he is. <laughs> He's actually tied for the lowest with our our. Boy, friend Callum. of the pod, Callum Tarum, and then Jared Wolf, another friend of the pod. Well, he's not officially, but he's a friend of mine. So <laughs> I guess he's a friend of the pod. Um, but he's is uh oh he's a oh he's a South African. He's a oh I've seen videos of this guy. He he, he, he hammers it. it. He hammers it. it. Yeah. Hammers it. He's huge. He hits it. So there's um Wilco Nienaber on the European tour who hits it a mile. 
This guy hits it like 15, 20 yards past Wilco. So I I just I hope they show him a little bit. He's probably going to miss the cut. Um, you never know. But I, I'm just doing this for the listeners. I just wanted to bring this guy to your attention. So I thought I'd pick him in my picks this week. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I know Jay and I both appreciate you doing this for the listeners and our, our pockets. It's really nice of you to make that donation. I mean, I do have I do have John Rahm on my team, too. So And Patrick Hanley. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to need him, considering he just conceded <laughs> on this cut. We'll see. Again, a little little different strategy for me. Two of the top two guys in the field, and then I went down the board a little bit. Hey, I hope the guy makes it. I, I'd love to see something cool like that. I, I'm not trying to bash him by any stretch. No, yeah, 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 I get you. This just may not be the course for him. Well, it's it just any PJ Tour event is his first one may not be the course for him at the time where he is in his uh, career. But I'm looking forward to uh, to watching him hit a few. So, all righty, gents, you got anything else? No, uh, no, loving the new not- PGA Tour live coverage on ESPN Plus. No free ads. Uh, yeah. Got to watch a bunch more this past week, and it's nice being able to pick it up early. I, and I'm I think a- there's even more coverage. This Coming. week, because it's finally like because they were in Hawaii, I think they had a little bit of a pared down correct crew. So I think they're kind of full force this week um, since they're back stateside or continental states wide. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm excited to check it out. Just so you, my brother sent me an Instagram video of uh, Dupree like an hour ago. Oh, really? <laughs> I, hadn't, I hadn't looked at it until until now and. I'm like, well, there you go. Perfect timing. So awesome. the guy, we need to share it on Instagram so everybody can see this guy. It's, yeah. it's insane. 6'10". He, I mean, the dude can hit it 400 yards. It's like easy. Easy. It's, it's, it'll be, it, he, they will show him on this event just because of how incredible this is. Um, he's the, he can hit it longer than anybody on the PJ tour. Like Bryson can't even hold a candle to this guy. It's, it's insane. Yeah. So there you go. We'll, we'll put that out on social media. Look for uh, the link as well. If you want to grab one of the last few spots to join us um, and see how your picks stack up against ours. So as usual, thanks for all our listeners for tuning in, liking, and subscribing, and we'll be back next week. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Cheers.